This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. It's good to have everybody with us online that's, that's joining in and being a part of what's happening here. We're thankful that you've all come to kick off this new season, this new series, and you know, we, as, as Chris said, we, transitions, man, transitions. <laughs> we go through a lot of them. We go through a lot of transitions in our lives, and transitions are where things are either made or, bro- or broken, right? They, they really are, and, and I think we're in the middle of a major, massive transition uh, right now in the kingdom uh, across the world. We're, we're, there's a lot of things happening. We, as he said, we have kids in the house for the first time all summer. We're thankful for that and grateful to, to, have, them, uh, to have them back there. And I know everybody has different comfort levels and different things that are, are happening. So we're, we're taking it one step at a time. We're, going, we're, moving, we're moving gently, right? Transitions are, as I said, they're, they're hard. And, and I always equate it to, see, I grew up on... I grew up in the country. I grew up in the woods, right, back in the mountains. And, and there were a lot of pickup trucks back there. And, um, and a lot of those pickup trucks didn't have actual beds on them. They just had a flat thing made out of boards, right? You know what I'm saying? Flat, you know, because you put hay or whatever you haul on there. And, and when, when we would go from one place to another, you know, the driver would jump in the truck and everybody else would jump on the back, and we would just ride in the back. Well, if you're riding in the back of one of those trucks and you're doing more than about 15 or 20 miles an hour, you don't want that, that driver to make a 90-degree transition without slowing down, right? You, you don't want that to happen because when you do, what happens? Everybody becomes bowling balls and everybody's off the truck. You lose everybody when you make a transition too quickly. So I'm just saying that to, to ask your patience, ask your grace, ask your, your willingness, you know, as we transition in things coming, uh, you know, coming back and getting uh, to where God wants us to be. I'm not going to say back to normal because I think that's gone. That's a figment of our imagination now. Um, I, I think it's back to, or I think it's on to where God wants us to be because I think God has a, has a lot of different things in store for us. That, that he wants us to move toward. One of those big transitions that we've made over this summer is that we have gone online and we have an audience online and we're grateful that all of you are with us online. One of the things that that brings into uh, the mix is the need for people to help with that, with that operation. So there's a lot going on back there in that little cubicle that we call the sound booth. And we're grateful to Peggy and Frank and Didi and, and TJ and Cody who, who make all of that happen and, and others that, that work in there. But we need some more. And it, so if you are interested in serving, you want to get plugged in at a place that's really, really going to matter and really make a difference. And especially if you have any sort of tech savvy whatsoever, right? Let's say two steps above turning the computer on. We would love to hear from you. We would love to talk to you. We would love to get you plugged in to a place to serve where it will matter, where it will make a difference, and where that, you know, the, the audience that you will be serving is 
basically infinite. So um, if you're interested in that, please see one of us. Please see TJ or Cody, and, and uh, they, can, they can get you pointed in the right direction. It's important. All right. Two more announcements before I preach. Wednesday night, we're going to start up the gathering again this week. This week, starting this week, starting up the gathering, 645 we're gonna we're gonna start up the gathering. Uh, we're we're we're. I'm telling you, here's here's my goal for the gathering is that you encounter God in a new way. That's it. That's my goal. That's a big goal. <laughs> if 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 we could do that, I'm telling you now. If if we could just do that, if humanity could just do that, that's all we would need. If we could just live in a in an encounter with God. It would change everything. It would shift everything. The, the second thing that I want to announce is that Impact Men's Group is going to start back up on this Saturday, this coming Saturday, next Saturday, right? The 19th, I believe it is. 9 o'clock in the morning. That will be a virtual meeting. We will do it on Zoom. We'll be sending out emails this, this week. If you don't get an email uh, with that information on it and you're interested, email myself or Frank or, uh, or email, find an email on the website somewhere and send it. It'll all get to where it needs to be. It's, it's magic. It's a magic website. It does things like that because Megan makes it magic. All right. So, reboot. What does that make you think? It makes me think about my computer, right? It's kind of where this... I don't know if it's where it came from, but it's, but it's uh, you know, it's the language that we speak nowadays. Like, any time that we have a problem with the computer, you know, I used to, Suzanne or I would have a problem with the computer, we call the kids, because that's what you do when you have a computer problem, you call the kids, and the first question they would ask is what? Did you shut it down and start it back up, right? Did you turn it off and turn it back on? Because when you shut down and start up, it changes things, right? It shifts things around. It realigns things. Remember the old days when we used to defrag? Remember those days? And some of you that are younger, you might not understand this. It's kind of like VCRs and stuff, you know. But, you know, when, when there used to be a thing that you had to defrag, and it had these tiny little boxes, that would just basically like go across the screen. And then there would be these gaps, these holes in those boxes. Remember this? Does anybody remember this? Am I all alone on this? Okay, y'all remember. Okay. And what would it do? It would fill in, it would go across, and then wherever those gaps were, it would start filling in the gaps, right? It would start taking out the empty spaces, and it would start putting everything back in. Who knows what it was really doing? I mean, that might have just been a cartoon somebody created to make us feel better about things or something. I don't know. But whatever it did, it made your computer work a little bit better, right? And now, now, nowadays, you know, all of that kind of happens in the background. It happens very quickly. Computers are super fast and all that. But, but if you are like me... <laughs> I work off of two different computers. I work off of a Mac and a PC because I go both ways and, and I think there's value in everything. So uh, I, I, like, I, like to, uh, I like to have options, right? Is anybody, anybody like? So but, but when I, what I've figured out or what I've seen, and, and I, I thought about taking a picture, but I was a little embarrassed of my screens on both of my computers because 
both of my computers, my browser windows, have so many things open that you can't even see what they are across the top anymore. They're just tiny little lo- lo- lobes that, that pop up there. And you have no idea what it is. Because I have like 37 things open at one time. When you, on a Mac, when you three-finger up like that, you know, for non-Mac users, they're, they're, it's, it's a fancy little thing that you go like this and, it, and it, your screen kind of explodes and it shows you all the things that you have open. All the different programs and documents and whatever. Well, when I do that, I love doing that while, while one of the boys are watching. Because every time that I do, they're like, whoa, what is going on there? Because I have like 50 things open at one time. That's kind of how my brain works. It's, it's unfortunate. Maybe, you know, I, I sometimes just need a reboot on my brain, too. But, but listen, sometimes we just get so many things open. right? We get so many directions that we're moving in. We get so many so many things that are trying to give us input, that are coming at us, that are, that are trying to have their space on, on, on our screen, that it just overwhelms the system. Amen? And, and I believe that we're coming out of, or at least, I don't know if we're coming out of it, we're definitely in it, hopefully we're coming out of it, but I believe we're in a season where we have just overwhelmed the system. Where, where things have just come at us at such a speed, at such a volume, in such a way that it, just, that it just overwhelms everything. And I believe that God is calling us to a reboot. Now, one of the things that I was a little nervous about, I told Susanna uh, as I was preparing for this, uh, one of the things I was a little nervous about with this, with this, serv- with this uh, sermon is that as I thought through it and, and read through what I, what I feel like God led me to preach and, and think about, uh, I started thinking, dude, you're going to sound like an Old Testament prophet. Like, you're going you're gonna to sound like, you know, an angry, an angry prophet that's just shaking your fist at people. And that's not where I'm coming from. That's not, that's not the heart of this. So I want to make sure I say that just in case I get fired up and excited here in a minute and start sounding angry. I'm really not, right? Y'all know, I'm really not angry. I'm passionate, but not angry. But here's what I think that we have to be aware of. We have to be aware that God created us to be His. Amen? God created us not to live as individuals, not to live as, uh, uh, you know, uh, all the uh, autonomous ways that we think in America, because we're Americans, darn it, right? And so we want to live a certain kind of way and we don't want to be told and we don't want to right and and here's the thing that's not american that is human that's just plain old-fashioned human to want to live that way because we have that kind of rebellious spirit built into us it's called the sinful nature right it's called a nature that we inherited from our human ancestors that has been passed on down to us since the Garden of Eden, right? Since Adam and Eve, it has been passed on down and we have this propensity to sin, this propensity to run away from God, this propensity to want to do it ourselves. The very first um, temptation that the enemy ever throwed at humanity was what? You can be like God. That's it. 
That is the foundation of every sin that comes after that. And so when we think that we can be like God, we can be our own God, we can do things our own way, that's when we end up getting in trouble, right? And every once in a while, throughout history, if you read your Old Testament, you will see it, that through that history, uh, Israel was the microcosm to show us how God deals with humanity. And when Israel would obey God, worship God, keep God as God, right? Follow Him and obey. What happened? Israel was blessed. Israel prospered. Israel flourished. And, and they grew. And, and, and all of that. But when they would get comfortable, when they would get laxed, when they would get disrupted, when they would get unfocused, when they, when, when they would get off course, what happened? Here's what happened. People will say, well, God punished them. No, no, no. See, God doesn't need to punish. Not in, the, not in the environment that we live in. God doesn't need to punish us. All God really needs to do is remove His hand of blessing. And I really think it's a different... I don't even think it's God removing His hand of blessing. I, I believe that it's us moving out from under God's hand of blessing. You see, God's grace... God says... Here is my grace. Come live under it. And if we will come and obey and live under it and worship Him, then we will experience that grace, that blessing, that protection that God offers. But when we decide to go do our own thing, when we decide to go live our own way and, and have our own gods or be our own gods, then what we're doing really is we're just simply stepping out from under God's grace. Amen? Are you with me? That's what happened to Israel. Over and over and over again. And God recorded it in the Old Testament so that we could see it and understand what it looked like. And we could reboot the system based on how they did it. Right? He gives us the instructions. So I'm going to talk to you about an Old Testament judge today called Gideon. Gideon was in an interesting situation. And, and, and it's, he sums it up right here in, in Gideon 6, verse 1 through 10. It says this. I'm going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to read one verse. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to read another verse. I'm going to talk to you. And then I'm going to read the rest of it. That's my plan. We'll see how it works out. The Israelites did evil. If you want to follow along, it's in your Bible. Judges 6, 1. Or it's on your app. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave him into the hands of the Midianites. Now, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. What did they do? They stepped out from under his blessing. They stepped out from under his hand of grace, his hand of protection, and they did their own thing. For seven years. I love the fact that he throws in there. He did this for seven years. Because listen. God has a time limit on everything. That's such, and, and listen. His time limit is grace. Let me tell you that. God's time limit. Is an act of grace on our part. Because sooner or later. Even if God removes his hand. In a little while. He's going to use his hand again. Now he might use his hand for some correction. And 
But ultimately, ultimately, he doesn't leave us alone. All right, verse 2 says, Because the power of the Midianites was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. Where did they run? They ran to caves and clefts and strongholds. They ran to the world. They ran to, uh, to the, the geography around them to try to hide them from the Midianites. What's the problem with that? They're running to the wrong place. Listen, in this, in this era of time that we live in right now, we live in a time where we can point to all kinds of things as being oppressive, as being an attack, as being, right, we talk about we are being attacked by the virus, the coronavirus. We're being attacked by, um, you know, the, the fires on the west coast. We're being attacked by the hurricanes on the south coast. We're, we're being attacked by all kinds of things around us. Where are we running to? Who are we running to? What are we looking to to save us? Come on. Are we looking to an elected official? Are we looking to Wall Street? Are, are we looking to a bank account? Are we, are we looking to some kind of... Uh, I, I, I don't, whatever it is, stop looking there. Stop looking there. Because the Lord is calling us. The Lord is saying, look to me. Look at the rest of this scripture. He says in verse 3, whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on their land and ruined the crops all, all the way to Gaza and did not spare uh, did not spare living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and, they, uh, and, and their tents like swarms of locusts. They destroyed everything. They flattened the land. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land and ravished it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Finally. Six verses later, they cry out to the Lord for help. How much time do you think went into from verse 1 to verse 6? How much time do you think that span? Enough time for them to figure out that hiding in caves and hiding in clefts and hiding under shelters is not going to work. Enough time to realize that this force that's been unleashed un into, our, into our land. You see, God didn't have to send the Midianites. All he had to do was remove the barrier that was holding them back. We don't have to be attacked by God. All God has to do, or all we have to do, is move out from under His protection. And the attacker is waiting like a prowling lion. Come on. He's just waiting, searching, watching for anyone to step out of God's grace so that He can devour them. This is a choice that we get to make. Because of God's grace, by faith, we get to step into that place. And it's in that place. It's in that place that we know that even if bad things do happen to us, it's for our good and God will use it according to His plan and purpose to, to, to make us better and to move us forward toward Him. Everything is toward Him. 
right? A lot of people get confused about that. Why do bad things happen to good people? I'll tell you why bad things happen to good people. Because it moves good people toward God. When things start falling apart, do you run to God or do you run away from God? Where do you find, what, what is your cleft? What is your cave? What is your shelter that you hide in? Is he your shepherd that you run to or do you run away from the shepherd? Do you know what happened to sheep that run away from the shepherd? They get devoured by wild animals and beasts because they're no longer under his protection. Verse 7 says, When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord The God of Israel says, I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians. I delivered you from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Listen, America. (laughs) Listen, nations of the world. What has God done for us already? What has He done? How has He delivered us? How has He given us all that we could ask for or imagine in our lifetimes that we have just completely forgotten about? That we have just completely set aside and said, well, that's just the way it is and I Deserve it. Don't get me on an entitled spirit that the devil uses to take away your blessing. Because the moment you start thinking that, you're de- that you deserve or are entitled to something that God is blessing you with, you are missing the blessing. And the devil uses that spirit to take away your blessing. This is why gratitude is such a powerful weapon against the enemy. When we get grateful, when we get thankful, when we begin to praise our God and worship Him for what He has done, then it reminds us that we didn't do this. Come on. We're like turtles sitting on a fence post. We didn't get there by ourselves. Right? You had some help. We had some help. We didn't get here as a church. We didn't get here as a people by ourselves on our own. We got here because God picked us up and put us on the fence post. That's why. And when we understand that and acknowledge that, it positions us to make progress. So, so here's a few things I want to I talk to you about. Reasons for a reboot. Why would we want to reboot? Well, number one, when we have lost our way and let other things take God's place in our lives. That's what Israel had done in this situation. They had lost their way and they had allowed other gods, other peoples, other customs, other traditions to come in and take the place of God. And they stopped looking to God for all that they had. And they started building idols. And they started worshiping other gods and doing other things that God said, don't do that. When we allow other things to take the place of God in our lives. 
We are moving. This is the illustration I've used for many, many years now. This is a throne. This throne sits over my life. I get to decide who or what sits on the throne. I can either submit and surrender to God and His will and say, God, I give my life to You. You sit on the throne of my life and be my God. And I will be Your people. And we will be happy together. Or, I can say, God, could you scooch over just a little bit? Because there's a couple more things I want to put up there. There's a couple more people I want to put up. There's a couple more organizations or institutions I want to put up. There, right? There's a couple more bank accounts I might want to put up there. There's a couple more opinions I might want to put up there. But God don't scooch. Come on. Somebody tweet that. God don't scooch off His throne. If you ask God to share His throne, He will move. But He will move by getting off the throne of your life. And he will let your oppressor sit on the throne. Come on. Anybody with me? What oppressor is sitting on the throne of your life right now? I don't say that in judgment. I say that because we are here for a reboot. <laughs> I say that for here. I say that because we are here to give that the boot. You know what I'm saying? I just thought of that. That's good, right? Reboot. What is a reboot? You kick something off. You boot it off the throne so that you can let the rightful king sit on the throne where he belongs of your life. And when we are willing to do that, when we're willing to shut that down and say, no, 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 no. This is not good. Throughout these past several months, there have been a lot of things for us to get afraid of. Amen? There have been a lot of unrest and a lot of uncertainty. And if you watch the news, who are the disciples of... Oh, Lord, have mercy, don't get me started. They are the disciples of the fear mongers, right? Come on, because that's what sells ratings and that's what keeps you glued to the tube, right? Come on, I fell for it too. I'm, I'm with you, just I'm repenting along with us, right? We're all together. We're, we're trying to make decisions, so I, I'm justifying to Suzanne why we need to watch more news. I'm like, well, I need to make decisions, so I need to know what's going on. Um, that didn't, I don't know if that's worked. It hasn't worked at all. Let me just call it what it is. All it really does is it just pumps fear. It just pumps fear. It pumps division. It pumps uh, uh, opinions. It, it pumps ironic. Uh, <laughs> Lies, let's call it what it is, lies, right? Can I just soapbox for one second? One statement on a soapbox and then I'll be done. Anytime that a news organization reports a story that says, we have not independently verified that this is true, but here's what happened, turn it off. They're lying. Come on. I can make up whatever I want as long as I say, I haven't independently determined that this is true, but here's what I think. Or in other words, really what I'm saying is, here's what I want you to think. Don't check your brain out at the door. Come on. I don't care what side you're on. At least do it with some intelligence. Right? Amen? We're on Jesus' side, so it don't even matter what, 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 what they say. What matters is what this says. 
What does this say? And I'm, so, <laughs> all right, off my soapbox. <laughs> okay. Where was I? Judges 6, 11. Verse 11 says this, and this is where, this is where Gideon starts to make a transition. This is where he gets his, he gets his attention. Watch, watch what happens here. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah and that belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, who, or Abizarite, however you want to say it. Or if Abby were the ruler, it would be the Abizites, right? Um, anyway, where, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midians, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, Lord, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, before we go to the point, listen to what is, what's happening here. Gideon is in a wine press. In other words, Gideon is in a hole in the ground, right? A big old hole in the ground, kind of like a well dug, but, but not to water, but just down so that they can press wine in it. And Gideon is down in there, not pressing wine, he is threshing wheat. This is a bad place to be. Because when you thresh wheat, all you're doing is breaking off the, the chaff off of the wheat, which makes what? Dust. He's in a hole in the ground, covered in dust, threshing wheat. This is not a good place to start. Amen? Why is he in the hole? Because he's afraid. Because he is filled with fear. Because an a different oppressor is sitting on the throne over Israel and all of the people of Israel are feeling the effects of that oppressor because they ask God to step down. Are you with me? And so here's Gideon hiding out. And the angel of the Lord comes and appears to him and he says, he says this, look at those last, that last sentence there. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So what? Like, like Gideon is, who is he talking to? He can't be talking to me. I, I'm, I'm stuck in a hole covered in wheat dust, hiding out from the Midianites because they're going to come and take our food away from us. And, and so we're trying to get by with what we, and, and the angel of the Lord is saying, mighty warrior? Really? Let me tell you when you might need a reboot. Here's my second point. You might need a reboot when your thoughts, when our thoughts are conflicting with God's thoughts. When, when, when what we think is not what God thinks, we need to change our thinking. Come on. Because what God thinks is truth. What God thinks is powerful. What God thinks is what changes things. And when God is calling you one thing, but you're thinking of yourself as another thing, you need to reboot. Amen? You need to start fresh. You need to wipe clean so that you can reboot the system and get started over. So what are you talking? What, what, what are you saying to you? What are you talk, how are you talking to yourself? Oh man, I'm so scared. Oh, I'm so worried about what's going to happen. Oh, I might lose my job and I might not be able to feed my family. And, and I'm I might, not sure if we could send the kids to school. We're not sure if we could bring the kids to church. I, I get all of that. I get it. I get it. I get it. 
trust me, I'm not coming at anybody, but what I am saying is, is that what God is thinking? What is God thinking? What is God saying to you? Uh, Go to the Scripture and look at what the Lord has said. Look at what He has said to us already. You are saved by grace through faith for good works. You are His handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what He already had and planned for you to do. Come on, not to hide in cliffs, not to run and hide in caves, not to hunker down and hope that the enemy goes away. The enemy doesn't just go away. We move back under the hand of God where the enemy can't go. Come on. That's good preaching right there. I don't... All right, verse 13. Pardon me, Lord. <laughs> this is what Gideon says. Uh, pardon. Like... Pardon me, are you talking to me? Uh, are, you, are, you sure you talk, are you sure you're talking to me? <laughs> but Gideon gets honest here. He gets real honest with God. And I think sometimes for a reboot, we, we just need to get real honest about where we are. We, we just need to get real vulnerable about where we are. If you're doubting, tell God you're doubting. Right? If you're in fear, tell God you're in fear. He's the one that can do something about it. Look at what he says, pardon me, Lord, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. You see, Gideon wasn't listening when the prophet came and told him what the problem was. That they were the ones that moved, not God. That they were the ones that disobeyed and rejected God's Word, not not Him. So when, when, when we need to reboot, here's the third point, is this, when, God, when God's word, words are contradicting our reality, when we look around and we say, God, What is happening? Like, this doesn't look like what your word says. This doesn't look like what the promise is. This doesn't look like what what I know you know is true. What happened? What happened is we left the building. We went to another place. We left the kingdom and went into the world. And if our thinking and our reality is caught up in the world, that's what we're going to see. And that's what and that's the reality we're going to be living in. So what do we do to correct that? We come back into the kingdom. We come back into God. We come back to Him in our hearts, in our minds, with our souls, in every single way. We come back to the Lord and it changes things. Look at verse 14. It says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. I am I not sending you? Don't you just love that? <laughs> Go in the strength you have, mighty warrior, who's living like an ant down in the ground covered in sand and dust who's hiding out and whimpering and probably whining. Come on, anybody? Get up, mighty warrior. 
and go in the strength that you have. Because until you will move obediently in the strength that you have, God will not give you more strength. But the moment that you move in the strength that you have in the direction of God, immediately God will give you everything that you need. Come on. I've seen it happen over and over. I've watched it happen in my own life. I've watched it happen in in many other lives, many of your lives, when you are willing to get up and do something and move in the direction that God says, go this way. Then He can give you the strength. Verse 15 says, pardon me again. (laughs) But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. You see, you need a reboot when your fear is greater than your faith. When your fear is stronger than your faith, it's the moment that you need to reboot the system. Because that is not the way God intends you to live, right? Like when I push a button on my computer, it's supposed to do something. If it doesn't do that thing, I need a reboot, right? I, I, need, to, I need to go all the way back to the operating system and, and, and restart that thing so that it will do what it's supposed to do when it's pushed. Well, listen, you are supposed to live in faith, not fear. And when you begin to live in fear instead of faith, you need to reboot your system. You need to restart. You, you need to start all over. Okay, so, so with that said, look at verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. You will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. What does that mean? That means that anything that you have allowed to sit as your oppressor on your throne over your life must be stricken down. It must be removed and it must be destroyed. Amen? What does that look like? Well, it looks different for every single person. Every single person, it might look like you need to clear some bottles out of your house that don't need to be there. You need to clear some stuff off your browser history that don't need to be there. You you need to clear some stuff out of your thinking that don't need to be there. You need to clear up some words that you have spoken that shouldn't have been said. You need to clear up and ask for some forgiveness for things that you might have done. You, You need, are you getting my drift? Are you catching? What is it? Holy Spirit, right now in Jesus' name, show us what we need to kick off the throne. Ask him and he will show you because he doesn't he doesn't want that. He doesn't want that sitting on your throne any way more than you don't want it sitting on your throne. He died to be able to sit on the throne of your life. It cost him everything. And all you have to do is ask, Lord, what is that thing I need to fix? What is that situation or circumstance that I need to make a new decision in or take a new direction in and Fix that, regardless of how uncomfortable that may be. That's your moment. That's what he's telling Gideon here. 
He says, don't leave a single one of them alive. Here's little Gideon still down in the hole, still covered in dust, still wondering what in the world. And God is calling him to a mission. God is calling him to a reboot. God is calling him to a vision. Come on. Verse 17 says, Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it, that it is really you talking to me. Because what you're telling me to do is probably going to get me killed, right? That's what Gideon's thinking, by, for good reason. Please, but, but listen to how he does it. We, we know Gideon about, we know the sign of Gideon, right? We know, I mean, any of, I shouldn't assume, but any of you, uh, you know, around church, we talk about Gideon, and what do we talk about? We talk about the fleece. E even in secular language, you can hear that. You're putting out a fleece. In other words, you're asking for a sign. But this is not that sign. This is not when he's asking for that one. He's asking for a different one. But he goes about it in a different way. And, and watch, what he, watch what he does. He, he says, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. What is he? He said, let me, let me get a sign, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship you first and I'm going to see what happens. That's the sign. That's the sign that he's looking for. What happens when I worship the Lord? What happens when I give my heart and devotion to Him? Then let me see that sign. Let me see what happens. Let me see your power. Because some of us come to God and we say, let me see your power and then I'll worship you. You got it backwards, bro. You know what I'm saying? It, worship Him and see what happens. I'm ahead of myself. But I, I, this last line, last on this, and the Lord said, I will wait until you return. That is the grace of God. That is the grace of God. Here's what I want you to know. No matter how far you may have strayed, no matter how far off track you might feel like you are right now, I want you to know that those words are for you from God. He wrote them to us just as well as he did to Gideon. I will wait for you to return. I know this because I've been that returner many times. I've been the one rebooting and coming back to God. And He's always waited for me. And He's waiting for you if that's where you are. So how do we initiate a reboot? How do we initiate a reboot? Number one, and I've already talked about it, we return to the worship. We return to the worship of our Lord. We return to declaring Him worth more than anything else. That's what worship is. Worship is the worship of something in your life. And anything that you declare worth more than other things, it gets elevated and pretty soon it sits on the throne. So whatever is sitting on the throne is the pinnacle of your worth meter. Whatever is worth the most to you takes the seat and if God is not there you're not worshiping God you're worshiping an idol come on if you're if you're worshiping that big bull that stands in front of Wall Street is sitting on your throne instead of God can I just tell you something calves were built to be torn down <laughs> it got quiet in here Woo. 
mess with the other God, um, people get quiet. All right. Gideon went inside. Verse 19. Gideon went inside. He prepared a young goat. and He put it all together and he brought it out. And in verse 21, it says, Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread that he brought out for the offering with the tip of a staff that was, that was in his hand and fire flamed from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, the reason that he's freaked out by that is because they all knew, based on all the scripture they had had and been taught all their lives, if you see God face to face, you will die. So Gideon's thinking, I'm done now. I've seen God, I'm going to die. But listen to God's words of grace. He says in verse 23, But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. I submit to you that Gideon built two altars that day. He built an altar on the land and he built an altar in his heart. He put a place in his heart where he worshipped the Lord. That's the altar that we build today. That's the throne that we establish today in our reboot to the Lord. Wherever you are, right? Wherever you are. You, you might be saying, none of this applies to me. I am, I am good. God and I are good. That's good. That's fine. Check your pride. Make sure it's not sitting there. But if that's not what it is, then just worship. Then just worship Him for the grace that has made you good. Right? Second way that we initiate a reboot is that we recognize God's power and authority in our lives. When Gideon realized who he was talking to, it changed everything. It changed everything. From this point forward, Gideon is a different person. We talked about transitions, but there's also transformations. And Gideon transformed, much like Peter did in the New Testament, where he went from one day denying Christ and, and pretending like he didn't know Him and lying and cursing about Him, to not long after that, standing up in front of all of Israel and declaring, this Jesus, whom you crucified, is now both Lord and Savior. He is the Master. He transitioned and he transformed from one who was fear to faith. And it's there. It's there that we begin to see the hand of God work on our behalf and do things that we could not do by ourselves. Verse 25 says, The same night the Lord said to him, Take a second bull from your father's herd, and, and one that's seven years old, and tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. You see, these were the things that they had built with their own hands to worship instead of God Himself. What have we built in our own lives that we worship instead of God Himself? Because someday, if we do, we will cut those things down. 
Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of the height, this height using wood from the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. <laughs> Don't you love that? He used the wood from the false god to worship the true God. You see, whatever the oppressor has been using against you and holding over your head and holding up against you so that you couldn't move, whatever that is, you bring that thing, you bring that addiction, you bring that bad habit, you bring that trouble, and you lay it on the altar before the Lord. That becomes your offering. Number three way to reboot is we repent and obey whatever God requires to restore our relationship. Gideon does this at night because he's still a little worried about what's happening. And they come to his father, they, they, they find out who did this, and they come to his father, and his father has a moment of wisdom, and he says, because they, they tell his father, bring Gideon out so we can kill him, because he knew he was risking his life. And his father says, are, are you fighting for Baal? Don't you think Baal can fight for himself if he really is a god? And so they renamed Gideon. They renamed Gideon. And they called him Jerobel, which means let Baal contend with him. You see, because when God is on your side, when God is fighting for you, it doesn't matter what enemy is coming at you. Because number four, our last point is this. We rewrite our story by trusting God with our future. We rewrite our story by trusting God with our future. You might be in a place right now where you just, you're just thinking, man, I've just written off the page. Like, I'm, I'm not even in the same book anymore. I, I, this is not the story that I want to live. This is not where I want to be. Listen, here is your moment of repentance and return and reboot to come back and say, then I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to give God the throne of my life. And I'm going to bow down to only Him and nothing else. And in doing so, we trust in Him with all of our lives. We're going to celebrate communion together. Thank you. And I want you to know that there's nothing, there, there's, there's nothing else that represents this as well. To help us remember and, and understand that I didn't get here alone. That I don't get to come into God's presence because of my goodness. I only get to come to God. And I only get to respond to His Word and, and, and to, his, uh, to His willingness to save me. Because somebody already paid the price. You see, the body... Christ was given for you so that when you receive it you remember that you didn't get here alone you got here by his grace so I invite you 
receive the body of Christ. And the blood of Christ. I want to read Psalm 46, verse 8 through 11 in a different translation. It says this, Everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonder of our God, for He brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflict end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here He stands. The Commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on your side. The God of Jacob fights for you. How did He fight for us? With His blood. That's how He fought for us. He fought and won the war. Receive the blood of Christ. Would you stand? There's a space between where you realize your computer needs to shut down and you hit that stop button, you hit that shutdown button, there's a space between there and where everything else is running, is back up and running. I, I want you to know that we're in that space right now. That you're in that space, space right here, right now, of that transition. And so uh, we're just going to take a, a few seconds here just to pray. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to see those areas in our lives that are overwhelmed and overrun and overworked that have been taken out from under your grace and are being attacked by the enemy. And we take those things right now in Jesus' name and we lay them on the altar before you, the altar of peace. And we come before you, Lord, to receive mercy, to reboot our system, to live in worship and repentance before You. Because we know, Lord, that under Your hand of grace and under Your hand of blessing and under Your hand of protection is where we were meant to be. And so we receive it as the promise that You have made. In Jesus' holy name and all that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.